Welcome everyone, you're listening to Punchline, the show that brings you poetry and perspective for the young and the young at heart. I'm your host, Hannah Flores, the poet. Now let's get started. You know, it's amazing how this pandemic is actually showing the world everyone's true colors. Today on Punchline, I'll be talking about something that really hits home for me. The U.S. thought that it was okay to block coronavirus aid going to Cuba. And what about all of the families and kids who are still being held captive at the U.S.-Mexico border? Since no one else is saying anything about it, I guess that's where I come in. The coronavirus pandemic is exposing the cruelty of U.S. imperialism to the world, as the current administration is just, how should I put it, sitting back with a bowl of popcorn and watching all of this unfold like some sort of sick movie. The decades-old U.S. embargo on Cuba blocked a coronavirus aid shipment from a Chinese entrepreneur last month. Another example in a laundry list of U.S. policies hampering the world's efforts to combat this virus in the first place. They blocked 100,000 face masks and 10 COVID-19 diagnostic kits, along with other aid, including ventilators and gloves from going into. On top of this blocked aid, the U.S. State Department is urging other countries to not accept help from Cuba's state-run international medical program. Here's a little something about me. I'm half Guyanese and half Cuban, born in Toronto, Ontario. Maybe that's why this is really pulling at my heartstrings. Cuba built a healthcare system that was the envy of the entire developing world, with many international students flying out to this island for medical school. Cuba has one of the highest ratios worldwide of physicians per capita, even when excluding those doctors going abroad, and its medical brigades for disaster relief continue to earn Havana goodwill worldwide. The Caribbean island has sent its armies of brave men and women in white coats to disaster sites across the world since its 1959 revolution. Its doctors were in the front lines in the fight against cholera in Haiti and against Ebola in West Africa in 2014. Yet with the 52-strong brigade, this is the first time Cuba has sent an emergency contingent to Italy, one of the world's richest countries, demonstrating the reach of its medical diplomacy. This is the sixth medical brigade Cuba has sent pretty recently to combat the spread of this virus abroad. These doctors have also done work in Venezuela, Nicaragua, Jamaica, Suriname, and Grenada, just to name a few. I really hope the U.S. can iron out this big mess that they've made. My heart goes out to my hermanos and hermanas from Cuba risking their lives on the front lines. My heart goes out to all of the incredible medical staff around the world whose names we know and don't know. We all love you very much. And half of my heart is literally in Havana. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. 
Punchline is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. So, many of us are pretty much safe in our homes right now. Listening to podcasts, <laughs> brewing whipped coffee, and asking people for Netflix recommendations. But what about the people who didn't have a home when all of this started? Who were in search of a roof to put over their heads and risking their lives to cross the border into the United States? What happened to them? Why is no one saying anything? It's not like they just got up and disappeared. <laughs> Here's the dilemma. Obviously, everyone and everything is practically frozen in tracks right now, so no one is going anywhere. But is that the end for the families already in custody at the U.S. border crossing? There are kids our age who walked miles on their own in the hopes of living the so-called American dream. But now their situation is probably a nightmare. The director of the American Center for Disease Control said that the health risks of holding migrants in crowded spaces like border patrol stations is, and I quote, the touchstone of this order. He said exceptions to immediately expelling someone can be considered, but chose not to elaborate. Of course, you need to protect everyone in this health crisis by not moving people, period. But you dare say that there are people, human beings, trapped in the literal doghouse, close to people without proper medical equipment, and even just the tiniest amount of humanity, even just sunlight coming through windows, who were originally just looking for a new home. Those poor people can forget about social distancing, and their current situation is probably worse than the ones that they were running away from. Wow, the current administration is just gross. Okay, so let's fast forward a bit. In less than two weeks, the U.S. expelled more than 7,000 people. Those not sent to Mexico were flown to their home countries. They had about 300 people in custody a few weeks before that, down from a peak of more than 19,000 during last year's rush of border crossers. So quick to sweep these folks off the map. They couldn't even get their own Americans to stay inside their homes. Unbelievable. All Mexican shelters had to close because of the virus, leaving many stranded in violent cities or dependent on American relatives to send them rent money. Just to pay their rent. Imagine that. Under Trump's Remain in Mexico policy, more than 60,000 asylum seekers have been forced to wait across the border for U.S. court hearings. And guess what? Hearings are temporarily suspended because of the virus. And that is where the predicament gets even more complicated, where the knot doesn't seem to untangle itself. 
people in charge in some places are still not getting the point. They're still putting up walls where we should be in unison. But borders won't break humanity. We'll rise above it all and show them how it's done. How it's supposed to be done. To honor those who are trapped right now behind those concrete walls, I will recite another short poem of mine called Borders. Hands held tight, bound by blood, separated by absent documents, families broken by invisible lines, babies torn from mother's arms, small desperate cries fill empty corridors, hungry for a taste of hope. Looks like you feed me to the punchline. I'm your host, Hannah Flores, the poet, and thanks for joining me this week. Make sure to visit my YouTube channel, Hannah Flores, the poet, where you can subscribe for more exclusive video updates, short films, and poems. Keep up with Punchline on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd appreciate shares across all platforms. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out my Twitter at HannahThePoet1 or my Instagram at HannahFloresThePoet for more information and drop in some things you want me to discuss in the future. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Punchline with Hannah Flores the Poet.